Hi, this is Christian Good of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to my podcast. It is good to be with you today. We are in the midst of a sermon series that we are calling Be Bold, and uh, I'll explain a little bit more about that in a second. As always, let me start with the passage that we'll be focusing on, and I'm going to be reading a little bit more than what we'll be reading in worship. Um, This is going to be Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12. I'm going to read verses 38 through 44. As Jesus taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor as banquets. They devour widows' houses, and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He put. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. May God's blessing be on the hearing and living out of this word. So last summer during the Olympics, Summer Olympics, uh, I can't remember, um, well, I do I do remember we were watching uh, rowing and uh, watching the competition there in London. And as we were watching it, I don't know if it was during the actual competition or later on, but my wife, Anne, said to me, you know, I'd be interested in uh, learning how to row. I don't know if she was serious or not. She just kind of threw it out there. Um, and I try to remember these things when it comes to gift giving. So for last Christmas, I gave her some rowing lessons and she started using those this summer and has uh, really taken to it. She has signed up again at least once, maybe a couple times at going for rowing lessons uh, up on the north side of Chicago. And it's been interesting in both seeing how excited she is about doing this, how committed she is, but also uh, all the things that she's learning about rowing. I think when you, at least for me, I should say, whenever I watch them uh, row on television, I assume, well, this must be a really quite a workout. But I mean, how hard is it really just to put uh, an oar in the water and pull back and just do it again and pull back? But uh, I have learned that it is not as easy as that. So much depends, uh, especially for if you're on a crew and uh, as you are uh, depending on what part of the boat you're in and how that will affect how you row and listening to the uh, person tell when to row and how to hold the oar and how to dip it into the water. It's a very complicated process. And I thought about all this this week as I was reflecting on this passage. And I've said it before that it's always interesting to me what jumps out at me when I read a passage uh, in preparing for scripture. And I've been focusing a lot on the widow this week, understandably. And then at the end of the week, uh, one part, actually two words of the passage really stuck with me. And those two words are put in. So many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins. This poor widow, Jesus says, has put in more. And I have not, I'm not going to say I'm an expert canoer, but I do, when I saw that, I thought, I think that's a canoeing term. And sure enough, on paddling.com, to put in is where a canoe is placed in the water, a launching site the start of a trip to put in. 
So I thought about that too as I was reflecting on this sermon that we are talking about today in this time of year for many churches, including ours, when we talk about what does it mean to follow in this widow's footsteps and to support their place of worship and to begin to um, give financially to it. So I said last week that we started a sermon series called Be Bold. Like, how can we be bold? And last week we talked about what does it mean to be be bold in our gratitude? And what does it mean today? We're going to be focusing on how does it mean to be bold in our giving and financial commitments? And so this woman in this scripture today is a pretty popular figure in sermons like this one. It has been used, uh, maybe even co-opted, by countless preachers over the years and decades, all of whom probably have one pretty similar message, and that is to tell parishioners to sacrifice, to sacrifice like this woman. So, you know, you think you know a text, especially if you're in the business of being a religious professional. Um, So, for example, if I were to ask you about the wise men in the passage in Matthew, the Christmas story, and I were to ask you, how many wise men are there? I would imagine that quite a few people would give the understandable answer is three. Uh, But really, uh, the scripture doesn't say exactly how many there were. It says that there were three gifts given, and so we can assume maybe there were three, but we don't really know. And this is for me, as I was reading through this text today, uh, I thought I knew it, and I thought that this was a story of Jesus who was almost celebratory and wanting the spotlight put on this widow, saying, see, see everyone around, come around, come around, and look how sacrificial this woman is. But If you read it closely, you notice that Jesus doesn't put the spotlight on her. I've always imagined Jesus getting really excited, but the text doesn't tell us that. In fact, some scholars I was reading this week asked some important questions about this woman. Is this woman being taken advantage of? So, for example, is Jesus pointing out that the religious authorities, the scribes that we talk about, are they taking advantage of her and forcing her to give more, really, than she can? Is that what Jesus is focusing on? We don't really know her motivation for giving. But what can happen, regardless of how we interpret this passage, what can happen is that sometimes we promote people in stories, like this poor widow. We promote people in stories in the scriptures, and then we exalt them, and we lift them up. But sometimes by doing so, it's almost like we put them in a glass case or a pedestal. And when we do that, in the process, we take ourselves off the hook. Because when we exalt them, it's almost perhaps for some of us like we don't even try to follow their example because that's just too far away. That's just something that I can't even imagine. And we fail to see components of their story that we should at least try to emulate. Really... um, Great writer and biblical scholar, she's now the dean of the Divinity School at Vanderbilt University named Emily Towns. Dr. Towns says this. She says, we lift, and in this case, she's talking about people like Mother Teresa and this poor widow. We lift figures like Mother Teresa high on the pedestal with the poor widow, keeping them distinct and distant from our daily lives. The focus is on their giving and the inadequacy of ours, but nothing changes. This is one of the problems of things we put on pedestals. We do not imagine ourselves alongside them because what they represent for us is often more than we can give or more than we can imagine we are capable of giving. 
it's almost like we put these individuals in a museum. And if you go to a museum, you know that it's great to go and just to observe and to maybe even be a little bit detached from the things that are in frames or on pedestals or in glass cases. And we admire these things, but we don't think that we should ever interact or that we should take uh, anything seriously and apply it to our own lives. But I was listening the other day, uh, this was actually a few weeks ago, to my son who was talking about he had gone on a school trip to the Art Institute, and he was telling me about this uh, art exhibit, and he was talking about that this art exhibit was candy, and that actually candy was a part of the exhibit, and that they wanted us to eat it, and Ethan thought this was a pretty great exhibit. And I was like, what are you talking about? But as I was reading, as he was describing it to me, and as I was reading more about it, he's right. I don't think it's at the Art Institute anymore, but the exhibit was called Untitled Portrait of Ross in L.A. by an artist named Felix Gonzalez Torres. And in reading an article about this exhibit, it notes that this is an allegorical portrait of the artist's partner whose name is Ross. Ross died of AIDS, an AIDS-related illness in 1991. And so what the artist Torres, Felix Torres did was in the corner, he would put all of these different kinds of wrapped candy. And it would always start, this pile would always start at 175 pounds. 175 pounds was Felix's partner's Ross body weight when healthy. And then the diminishment, the reason that they ask people to take candy away from it is to recall how Ross wasted away before dying. The artist would let the artwork's owner decide whether the installation would disappear over the course of an exhibition or be replenished. And the Art Institute decided to replenish it. And so they would always put more candy in at the end of the week to bring it back up to 175 pounds. This is a really, I think, I never did see the exhibit, but it was powerful just reading about it. It invites people to be involved, to feel the weight of this art. Because you take candy from it, bright, shiny wrappers, and it tastes good, I'm sure. But I'm also, somehow, when you participate in this exhibit, you are metaphorically taking away from his life. But then it gets replenished. So lots of different emotions, I'm sure, for those who really reflect on what this exhibit says and what the artist has in mind. So when we look at the story of this woman, this widow, who gives sacrificially, And there are so many ways that we can not relate to it at all. We may go down the track of saying, well, really, this passage is talking about the abuses that the religious institutions are placing on her. Or we may be so overwhelmed by, gosh, I don't know if I could ever give my last coins to a religious institution. And so I said, that's just so far beyond me, like Mother Teresa. And so we just sit back and admire it. And then we go on with our lives. But by taking either of these tracks, we fail to engage with it. We fail to really reflect on how does this affect me in my own life? How do I put in? How do I begin this kind of journey? How do I begin a journey by sacrificing by beginning to support and to give in this way. 
So it's a question I hope that we all ask ourselves. What do we do with this story? And rather than just setting it aside, to really engage with it, to pray about it, to let it sink into who we are and how we can relate to this woman. What do we do with this? And for this week at Urban Village, we're talking about how does it relate to how we support Urban Village financially. And that's what we're wanting people to do, to really reflect. I think sometimes when we think about how we give to the church, we maybe focus in on a particular amount. And especially with online giving, believe me, it is so easy just to put in a certain amount and it just does it automatically. And we don't have to think about it anymore. What we're trying to help people do is to think about it. What we say to our folks at Urban Village is to think about what does it mean to tithe? It's a, kind of a biblical uh, tradition, a biblical instruction on what to do with what we have and to give God the first fruits of what we have been gifted with in our own lives. And we ask people to think about working toward giving 10%. And I know for some folks, 10% just seems so unbelievably out of whack. (laughs) So even the notion of tithing might be something like, let's put tithing in a museum. Let's not even, that was great at one time, but it doesn't really relate to us today. And we know that for some folks, that's just unrealistic, but we do ask people to think about what does it mean to give sacrificially? One of the folks at our church, a woman named Lori, was saying in a previous church that they were at, the priest had said to them, just start off by figuring out what percentage of your giving do you give to the church. Just start there. Actually get out a calculator or paper and pencil and figure it out. What percentage do you give to the church? And sit with that. And then we pray about it, reflect on this widow again. And then think, can I give 1% more? Can I give 1% more next year? What does it mean to do that in my own life and to think about how this, not just the church, but how has God been a part of my life, the love and forgiveness and grace that I've received from God and hopefully you've received something from either Urban Village or your own community of faith. And what does that mean and how do we respond and how do we also note that lives are being transformed because of this too? What do we do with that? So rather than just putting a number down on a paper, I'm hoping that people will begin to really reflect and think about what does it mean for me to give sacrificially? I've told this story before, so my apologies, and it's also in the book that I just came out with failing boldly. So if you've also read the book and heard a sermon, uh, I apologize for this. But of all the stories that I've been hearing about in the book, this is the one that people keep talking about. So near the beginning of the uh, history of Urban Village, we were volunteering with um, a nonprofit on the south side of Chicago making breakfasts uh, for folks experiencing homelessness. And so I was getting on the Green Line one day, heading south toward this. And it was an early Saturday morning, so I was half awake. Uh, And as I was sitting there with my eyes closed on the train, I did notice that there were there was a couple sitting across from me. I assumed that they were probably the way they were dressed, uh, that they either um, were pretty poor or were homeless. And so I was noticing that they had um, a plastic bag, like a jewel bag or a Target bag, and they pulled into this bag and they got out a loaf of Wonder Bread. And then they also got out um, a package of bologna. And they had the little mayonnaise packets 
two and they started making themselves a sandwich on the train. And I kind of noticed that, but I was also kind of closing my eyes. And then I noticed a, a nudge and I opened my eyes and this man had this sandwich and he offered it to me and he said, would you, would you like one? And I was so flustered. I mean, there's that initial reaction of like, I, I don't want to take away anything that you probably need if you are going to be hungry later. Or is there any way that you can save this? And so I, that gut reaction was like, no, thank you. And he kind of shrugged his shoulders and went on with his other sandwiches. And I've talked about, reflected on that story obviously a lot. And I'm so, uh, I'm so regret not taking that sandwich from them. This was their way of, I guess, sacrificing a way of giving, a way of sharing, a way of seeing this is what we have. And we want somebody else to share in that too. So when I think about the story of this widow and I think about my own life and I think about that couple on the train, it, all of these things bring me back to reflecting on what do I have? What is the metaphorical loaf of bread and bologna and mayonnaise packets that I have in my own life? And am I sharing in a way that is sacrificial? Am I sharing in a way that will help feed someone else, either literally or metaphorically? Am I doing these things? And so even though... I thought I knew this story this week. I went back to it again and prayed about it and reflected on it and think about how am I supporting the church financially. And I've said this in other sermons too, but my family, we, we give beyond 10% because of, not just because of the nature of my connection to Urban Village as one of the co-founders, but I really believe in what God is doing in this community. I really believe in what God is doing to this community and the lives that are transformed through this. So what I want you to do this week is to put in, and by that I mean, think about the journey of giving that you are on. For some of you, you are already well on that journey. So I ask you to continue to put in and continue to think about and continue to reflect and engage and wrestle with passages like this one and to think about this woman and to think about what you have and to think about what does it mean to to give so that somebody else can be fed If you are new to giving, I invite you to put in, meaning begin this giving journey. This is a launching site. And at times it might feel a little awkward. Whenever you get into a boat, it feels like you're about ready to tip over. But I pray that you would trust that you're there with others too. So continue to to put in and to reflect and to engage in this way knowing that even though you may go this way and that, and you may even feel like you're about ready to fall in, that you will continue on and you'll continue to make progress and you'll continue to have an impact by the ways that you support and give. And I know that certainly for those listening to this who are part of Urban Village, we are so grateful for that, for the ways that you put in. And I know if you're listening to this in another part of the country, if you have another community of faith, that that community of faith will be grateful too. Amen. Well, friends, thank you once again for listening. Uh, For the next few sermons, I know for folks who listen to podcasts uh, from other sources, occasionally they will talk about how you can support that podcast by giving, and you can do the same 
at Urban Village. And so if you could, go to urbanvillage.org backslash give. Uh, again, if you don't have a community of faith, and if you can think about how you might support Urban Village, if you get anything at all from these podcasts, uh, we do them because of the generosity of others. And so I hope that you will think about how you might do that uh, today, either with a pledge, uh, meaning a commitment to how much you will give next year, or if you want to make a one-time gift, that is uh, great too. So thank you for doing that. If you want to ask me any questions at all, I'm always happy to interact with you. You can do that through email, chris at urbanvillagechurch.org. On Twitter, I'm at Christian Kuhn, or on my website, christiankuhn.com. And there you can see my blog and my other podcast and ways that you can order my book, Failing Boldly. So uh, I will be off next week, but in two weeks, I will be back with you again. So until then, may the peace of Christ be with you. Oh, 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 oh